Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello? Hello. I'm here, Mother. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise and honor, Mother. Father God, we thank you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. We praise your holy name. Father God, thank you for the healing of the Father and his family, my Father. Father God, thank you for the strength that you've given him. Dear Lord, I praise your holy name. Just be touching First Lady, Father. Her body from the top of the head to the bottom of her feet, Father. Father, we praise your holy name. We will praise you in advance for what we know you're doing, Father, in their lives, my Father. God, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Father God, I thank you for healing, Judah. Father, bringing us together in one accord, my Father. And not only Judah, my Father, bringing your people together in one accord, my Father that your word will go out throughout the world, my Father. And Lord, we praise your holy name. Father God, bringing the heads of the churches up under your suggestion, my Father. Father God, that they're following you, my Lord, and no one else, my Father. Lord, we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, the blood, the blood, cover your people in the blood. Cover us in the blood, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. But God, we thank you. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise your holy name. Oh, yeah, yes. Praise your holy name. God, thank you for healing faith, Thompson, my heart. Thank you for the healing, Father God, of Faith Thompson. Thank you for the healing of Sarita Person, my Father. Dear God, I thank you for the uh, a Harriet Person, my Father. From the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet. Let this be a witness to who you are, my Lord. And the doctors say no. <laughs> you have the last word. You have the last word, and I stand on that word. Healing is the children's bread. 
Lord, we praise you. Praise your holy name. Thank you for the healing of Brother Pete. No, my father. Thank you for giving his wife strength, my father, to endure. Strength to endure, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. Yes, Lord. We praise your holy name. Jesus. Cover the children, Father. Cover men of blood, Father, as they return him back to school. Father God, I thank you that you're covering them in your blood. Jesus. Blood of Jesus Christ. Cover the teachers, the administrators, the janitors, the hall monitors, the guards. Lord, cover them in the blood, the blood. Yes, in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Two minutes, Mother. It's you, Mother. Okay. Well, we just bless the Lord. We praise his holy and wonderful name. I'm going to be your teacher this morning, but I've asked the Lord to do it through me. I'm not good at anything. I do nothing without him. But then I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthened me. And, Father, we're going to follow the prayer this morning. We ask you in the name of Jesus to be with us. Take charge of this service. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you. You teach, Lord. I can't do it. I can do nothing without you. But I'm so thankful that I can do all things through you, Christ Jesus. Strengthen me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. You're wonderful. And, Father, we ask you to touch our apostle this morning. You know all about him. You made him. You even got him ready to to preach the gospels, to teach your people how to live holy. And in the name of Jesus, we ask you to get him up, touch his lungs, heal him. You can even give him a brand new set if you want to. So I just ask you, Lord, to take charge and make everything good for him. Make everything well for him and his family, Lord. Touch him right now. In the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus, Lubokorasanda, we're looking for good news from the kingdom this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now take over, Lord. Take over this Sunday school. You do it in Jesus' name. I thank you and I praise your name. So I am Mother Curtis from Judah Sanctuary of Praise. And we are teaching this morning on backsliding. And uh, backsliding is the running away from God after conversion, uh, described as turning from God, leaving God and going somewhere else to some other God that you've chosen in this life. But, Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you can help and you will help us to walk up the king's highway in righteousness and in holiness and love and peace and joy. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. You're everything to us. Now, come on, Lord. We're going to do this Sunday school lesson. You're going to do it, and I'm just going to enjoy it and take it into my heart and live it. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to start our service this morning from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And it's the warning against uh, idolatry. And uh, idolatry is worshiping false gods. So we have been in the service of the Lord, walking with him, converted, born again, and then we'll backslide and go off and serve some other God. So this is where we're coming from. He says, moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual bread? And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that rock, that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was... And you see, we, 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 all of this stuff was done for our example. We, we are drinking uh, the blood of, of Christ. We are eating the flesh. And this is to, to make us all love him, know him, do follow him, become one. But still, sometimes people want to backslide. They want to go and serve other gods, the God of the flesh. But, Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we ask you this day to help us to follow you in the name of Jesus. And he said, but many with many of them 
God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. You see, and this is what's going on right now. We're being overthrown because we have not served our Lord. He said for us to serve him, to honor him, to to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from every wicked way. And you know what? He said then we would hear, he would hear from heaven and heal the land. He would forgive us of our sins. But you know what? We don't want to humble ourselves. We want to do our thing. And I hear that so much. I'm, I want to do my thing. I'm, I'm tired. God is too slow. Well, I want you to know. When you hit the bottom of hell, you will think many, many times, Lord, I wish I had done it the right way. But it's too late then because it's either heaven or hell, and we're going to make one of them. But if we live right, if we do not backslide, we're going to live with him. He says, now these things were for our example, the things that happened to the the children as they went through the wilderness. Uh, to the intent that you should not lust after evil things as they lusted. And you see, this is what we're doing. We're, we're lusting after the things that God told us not to do. I mean, the very thing that he told us not to do, that's what we're going around lusting and, 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 and trying to get into and, 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 and saying, God, too slow. I've got to help myself. Lord, have mercy on the souls of your people, Lord. Cause us all to humble ourselves before you and pray and seek your face. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this lesson because it's good for every one of us. Uh, he said, um, neither be ye idolatrous. And that's worshiping false God. And that's what we're doing. We turn to Satan. We have turned to Satan's ways. And instead of walking up the king's highway, walking in righteousness and in holiness, we are walking in sin and iniquity. This is backsliding. We are backsliding from the Lord. So we better get right. You know, it's the song that I used to hear one of the sisters sing at the church, get right, church, and let's go home. So that's what we need to do. Get right. Get right with God. Walk up the king's highway. There are two ways. One is the downward way. It's broad and full of travel. You see, Satan, is, he's got the, the, uh, the biggest number following after him because the one that leads to, to, uh, from earth to glory is narrow, and few there be that travel therein. So Satan has, listen, people, we've got to get right. We've got to walk in the way that the Lord showed us to walk. When Satan tried to tempt him, he told him, get behind me. He was fasting and hungry. And Satan told him to make the rocks to be bread. He could have done it. But he said, get behind me, Satan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord. So no matter what it is that we, we're looking at and it looks good to us and we want to do this thing, let us think about we better tell Satan to get behind us because we're going to walk up the king's highway where there are few that travel in that little narrow road. We're going to stay there. He says, uh, neither be idolaters as some of them was. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rise up or rose up to play. 
And that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing now. I got to go out. I mean, uh, they're saying don't get out in the crowds right now. And, and, but they got to go set up in the bars and, 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 and do their thing. Meet women. Drink liquor. What, what, what are we thinking? Do we want to go to hell? Because it says there's two places, heaven or hell. And the way they have chosen sitting up in the bars and, and, and chasing women and, and uh, what else are they doing? But walking down that, 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 that broad way that leads to death, hell, and destruction. That's what they're doing, just like Israel did. But they have been our example. We better do it right. He says, neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day three and twenty thousand. But that's one occasion. You know what? I have had people say all of my life to me, I can't help it. I, I mean, that's, I mean, I can do all the other stuff, but Lord, I, I mean, I can't, I can't help it. I was in love with him, or I loved her, and I look, y'all. Do you love yourself? Do you want to go to hell if you keep fornicating? And you know what fornicating is? It's illicit intercourse, which means intercourse without a license. And how do you have a license? A marriage license. The marriage bed is undefiled. Get you a wife or a husband and, 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 and just live happy. Don't go fornicating around with them. And young people, that means you too. You're not married to anybody. But you can't lay up with a woman in the bed have sex with her unless she is your wife or he is your husband. That's just the way that thing goes. Now, you can study and see. Look it up. Check it out. Don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. He says, neither let us tempt Christ. We test him. We go a, a, a little little distance today, and 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 he didn't he didn't whip us. He didn't say anything. And and then tomorrow we go a little farther, and 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 we're going until we are totally out of the range of the church. We don't even walk to church. We want to do what we are doing. That flesh. And let me tell you one thing: what you're messing with flesh. Flesh is not going to make it in. It can't make it in to heaven. It's evil. It's filthy. It belongs to Satan. Our souls belong to the Lord, and we must keep our souls upright. Our, that, that's the life in us is the soul that he blew the breath in us, and it ain't going to never die. The soul will never die. It's either going to live in heaven with him or it's going to go down to the pit with Satan. So let us think about that thing. We don't want to go to hell. So let us walk upright before the Lord. Let us walk righteous and holy and well-pleasing to him. Uh, and uh, we are uh, destroyed. Let's, let, now, neither let us tempt Christ uh, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpent. They were exterminated because they were walking in the wrong direction. So 
let us walk upright before the Lord. Let us know that Satan's way is the downward way, and it ends up in hell, and you don't want to go there. There's fire there. There's hot. You're burning. You heat. Remember the, the, the rich man when he died and went to hell? He said, let Lazarus come and, and, and dip his finger in water and lay it on my tongue. That's because that hell is hot and your tongue is burning and feel rough and dry. Just a drop of water on somebody's finger would have felt better. But no, you should have done all of that before you went to hell, before you started to following after Satan. Lord, listen, y'all, we got to destroy this work of the devil. We got to stay and walk in righteousness, in holiness and love. Stop this backsliding. You know one you know one scripture said they are backsliding like a backsliding heifer. And a heifer is is the the grown-up daughter of a of a, a a cow. And I could just see that in my mind. You got a rope around that heifer's neck trying to keep her from falling down in the dumps in the ditch and she's pawing and drawing her legs under her and putting all her strength pulling against her. And that's what you're doing. You don't want to hear about the Lord. You don't want to hear anybody talk about hell because you know you're headed there if you don't change your ways. But not hearing it is not going to stop you. You better hear and we better listen. We need to do the will of our Lord. Uh, he says, and uh, neither tempt him, and, and then you, you're destroyed and, and, uh, of serpents. Lord have mercy. I can't stand a snake. I cannot leave and look at them on television. They are ugly. He says, neither murmur you as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now you see, they murmured and complained. I just don't I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I, I just can't, Lord, I need a man. I was sitting in, in, in the church once when I was a young woman between two older ladies. And I was telling them that we gotta live right. We we can't be uh, fornicating and going on like that. And, you know, one of them looked around me to the other one and said, so-and-so, we couldn't do that, could we? Well, you know what? If you don't want to go to hell, you better do that. You better live that righteous and holy and loving life that Jesus put us on this earth to do. Don't backslide, y'all. Look, backsliding is taking you to hell. And I don't want to go to hell. So, look, I don't care if it's a baby. Tell me if you see me doing wrong so I can clean it up. Tell me how to clean it up. Show me in the Word, and I'll certainly crucify my flesh and try to do it like the Lord says. Neither than you mummering and complaining, and, and uh, you're being destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happen unto them for examples or examples that they were written for our admonition, our learning, our teaching, and for us to do it, hear it, and live it. He says, upon them uh, whom the end of the world has come. And the end of the world has come on us. We came, we are living in time. We are headed to eternity. 
So we must live right in time. We must do what Jesus said for us to do. You remember when he said, Father, I have done all that you told me to do, and I send these even as you have sent me? What he told us to do, we had better find ourselves doing it, because if we don't, we are backsliders. We have been born again, but we decided we want to do what the world is doing. We want to satisfy the flesh. Well, remember, the flesh cannot make it in. Even before when he comes, if we're standing and waiting, he's going he's gonna to change us in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. We can't live. The flesh cannot go to heaven. So let us follow Jesus, follow the Spirit, follow, walk, and live like he told us to do. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, and we praise you. You talk to us. You keep us reminded. Keep your teachers and your preachers telling us that we can't walk in sin and see our Savior's face. Thank you, Lord, because at that point, we'll be backsliders. And we don't want to be backsliders, y'all, because backsliders will end up in hell. There's one thing, though, now, if you're a backslider, you can repent and turn from that backslidden way and walk in the way of holiness, walk in the way that Jesus told us to walk, and we'll be all right because he is a forgiving God if we can repent. But most of us can't repent. We don't want to repent. We want to stay in the worldly ways, but that way will take you down to that bottomless pit, and you don't want to go there. Now, this is what the Lord has given me for the day, and we just thank you, Father, for this lesson. It blessed my soul, and I'm praying that it will bless the souls of those that are listening. We must do it right. Thank you, Father, and we praise you. And again, I ask you to touch our apostle. Lord, he has he's given us many, many, many words from you to cause us to live upright, to walk upright before you. And I thank you, Lord, hurry up. Please hurry and get him up so he can tell us some more. Give him a word that will be good for the whole world while he's there in the hospital. You do it. You talk to him. And you, Lord, we thank you. We love him. And, Lord, we praise your holy name for him. And we'll touch him now. Touch him now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you. Amen and amen and amen. And if there's someone that would like to carry this a little deeper, you're very welcome to do so this morning. Good morning, everyone on the prayer line. This is uh, Brother TD. Mother, I just want to elaborate on what you were saying um, about the backsliding and letting go of things. Um, one thing on that, um, I mentioned to uh, a family member about, hey, why, why are you not coming to church? Why are you not coming to church? And they said, well, God is just not talking to me. I'm, I'm not hearing God. Well, God doesn't speak to us in the physical, per se, but everyone has a mind, and the mind wanders off on this, that, and the other. And I know, in, just like in my mind, it's in everybody else's mind. When you are about to do something that is not of God, there is a little something in your subliminal mind that says, hey, this isn't right. There is something in your mind that's saying, hey, maybe you should give this a try. So you can't 
just go off of just because you don't hear a physical voice telling you to come or a physical voice telling you not to do this. God is always in your mind. He's giving you the option. That's the thing about God. He gives you the option to do whatever it is you choose to do. There is a right way and there's a wrong way. And then I, I, I feel there's a God way. And he puts all those options in front of you. But you can't let the fact that you don't physically hear God talk to you deter you from coming in and seeking God and asking him. If you talk and pray, then God will put little messages in your mind. He will put things in your path to to kind of open your mind and open your eyes and let you see, hey, this is the right way. He will let you know this is this is the wrong way. So my word to anybody out there that, that the reason why they're not coming into the house of God is because they feel God is not listening to me. God is not talking to me. Yes, he is. God has messages all over. Anywhere you turn, I guarantee you, you'll see a message from God. You may not hear it, but he'll let you see it. And then it's in your mind. So that little, that little voice inside your head, trust me, God is talking to you. And so that's my word on this for all of those that feel that they don't have a personal relationship with God. You got you to gotta open up and pray. If you, if you come to God and talk to him, then, yes, you'll have a personal relationship with him. Then he'll start revealing things to you, and then that way I think it helps your spirit. And that's my word on that today. Great message, brother. Amen. That was a great word. And, and and the people will think that they say, well, God is love. He ain't going to send me to hell. No, he will not send you to hell. He's told you to wait to both places, and you make your choice. You're walking off into mm-hmm. hell yourself if you don't straighten up. So you, yep. that was a good word for us, and thank you. Yes, ma'am. Is there Hello, anybody this is, else? Uh, this is Pastor Lawrence. Uh, Pastor Oh, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. Right. Uh, uh, no, I was just going to say, Mother Curtis, oh, honey, I, that word, thanks the Lord, you was obedient, obedient, obedient. And I also wanted, um, this is just a teacher, I also wanted to, you know, um, on what Brother T.E. was saying. He says, and this is for anybody who um, who thinks that the Lord is not talking to them. I remember when, when I was not saved and I was not in a church, and I was um, on the brink of bleeding internally. And, you know, something something just wasn't right. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I just felt the need I needed to go to the hospital, right? So, and I wasn't saved. And this is people who, who, who just say, well, I think I need to do this. I think I need to do that. Well, that, I think, I think that's God still talking to you. So if I never would have reacted on what I was you know what was what was going on with me? I would never have been here. So I'm just adding to what Brother T was saying. You know, God, God talks. Oh my God, He talks in so many different ways, right? He tries to get your attention in so many different ways. You're not gonna hear an audible voice. You may see a sign, or something. you may have heard your mom talk about something, and you go out down the street and you hear the grocery store man talk about the same thing. Well, you know, if you, it, you know, it doesn't matter. But the point of the matter is, is that God talks. Everywhere he's constantly, constantly talking, constantly talking to yes. to get you to know that he's there and he's come and he wants you to come back and he he I don't care whoever's on this line I don't care if you in Australia 
He wants you to come back. He wants you to yes. come back. If a coworker is talking about God and, and they're giving you a courage run, that's God. He's reaching out to you. I remember people were coming to pay less when I was in faith. People were coming to pay less shoe stores, and it was like God would stop time. I wasn't saved. God would, it, it was like God would stop time. It's happened time and time and time and time again. And people would come in and just start talking about, talking about Christ, talking about Christ. If, if, if you feel like, if you notice people around you right now, and every time you turn around, they're talking about Christ and talking about Christ, that's God. That's God. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes. And, you know, I remember once, uh, I had a troubled spirit. I was so troubled, I couldn't figure out what in the world is wrong. And I just kept being troubled and troubled. And all of a sudden, it hit me that I was not paying tithes. I would, you know what I would do? I'd go to church and put a dollar in there. And that was it. And, Lord, I figured I had somebody to help me to figure out those ties. I was on a government check, but I wanted, and, and look, let me tell you one thing. I paid those ties, and ever since then, the Lord has blessed me. That troubled spirit left me. So he talks to you sometimes. He'll get your attention by troubling your spirit. Yep. And I've been blessed wow. ever since. Ever since I've been blessed. When I get down to what I think is nothing, look like a big bottle just dropping my lap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he talks to us, but we got to learn that it's him and what he's saying to us. Is there anyone else? Yes, Mother Curtis, I just want to add to that. This is Pastor Lawrence. Um, I'm in agreement with you. The Bible says that without holiness, no man should... Uh, see God, uh, the Apostle Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? But then he comes back and said, but where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Uh, uh, I think the it, we're not condoning sin or, or, or backsliding because Isaiah 53 and 6 says, we all are like sheep who have gone astray. Uh, remember the prodigal son. Uh, but the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That You said that. For God is married to the backslider. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus said this to, he said this to his father. He said, all that you have given me, I have lost none of them except for the son of perdition. So, mm-hmm. so when you belong to God, when you belong to God, truly belong to God, you've been predestined before the foundation of the world. You may backslide, but God got his hands on you, and, and, and yes. you can hear his voice. So he will draw, yes. he draws his back to him. So yes. he's not going to mm-hmm. lose you. So, so, so we, just, we continue to pray for those who have TD. We continue to pray for those who, who, who have backslidden because we can speak those things that be not as though they were because we have the power of life and death in our tongue. And so you can speak that over your 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 brother or your sister, even though they're out there in sin, because we ain't walking by what we see. We walk by faith and not by yes. sight. So we believe in God yes. that that as the word says, train up a child in the ways he go. When he get old he won't depart from it. Some may fall away, but the that that foundation is in their heart and God will bring them back. He'll draw them back yes. to him. Yes. That's what I have to say. Thank you, mother. Yes, thank you, because, you know, you can take that like a husband and a wife. One of them have done something bad to the other one, and they just parted. 
but they both still love each other. So that's that's a lot about like the backslider because one will come to the other one, the one that did wrong, and said, "Please forgive me. I am so sorry. If you just take me back, try me one more time." And guess what? You try them, and you live a lifetime with them because they meant it. They loved you. They just somehow stepped in the wrong direction. And that's where the Lord is. He's forgiving. If we come back and say, I'm so sorry, Lord, forgive me. I won't do that thing again. And he knows your heart right then. He knows whether you're going to do it. It's not like that husband and wife got to take a chance. He knows whether you mean it or not right then. So he'll take you back. If, if you if you stop your sin, he'll take you back. you just as far up with God as anybody else that's been in the church 50 years. Amen. Oh, you're right. You're so right. And and we thank you. If there's nobody else, we're going to close out. Mother Curtis? Yes? This is Lady Brooks. I just want to... Thank you for that message this morning. It was an awesome message. Thank you. Well, thank you, and God bless you and your family. Remember that we are praying and seriously praying. So the Lord has got all of you in his hands. Thank you. And all is thank well. You. All is well. We love you. And Amen. thank we you for that. You too. Oh, okay. All right, if there's no one else, we're going to close out in Mother Yes. Mother this is Minister yes. Carrion. It, uh, I'm agreeing with everybody else, Mother. You taught that message very well, straight to the point, and everything everybody else said was right on target. It was a good message and right on time for this time. Yes, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. And pray for us. Judah, you, can, you know what? Judah is going to be an example. You watch us. Amen. <laughs> yes, Lord. Amen. So we we thank everybody. Is there anybody else? I don't know what time it is. I can't see my clock, but I uh, know we're clock. inching close to the time for the service, aren't we? It's not a half now, Mhm. Okay. So okay, if that's it, we're gonna pray. And let the Lord take control for this whole day for every one of us. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we praise you. You're wonderful. You're everything to us. You're all we need. You're our beginning, our ending, and everything in between. And hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Cause every one of us to humble ourselves before you and pray and seek your face and turn from every wicked way. And I'm so thankful that you told us then. That means you ain't going to do it until we do this. So, then you said you would hear from heaven, and you will forgive us of our sin, and you will heal the land. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, and we thank you for sending us such a holy apostle as you have given to us. And I thank you. Amen, Lord, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Okay. Until the church service, I... I pray everybody's safety, and God bless everybody, and we'll be back on the line here in a few minutes to have our uh, service.
Father, I thank you for allowing us to come before your presence. Asking that you forgive us for all transgressions, all sin, all iniquity, all slothfulness, of God, all selfishness, of God. We're just asking that you just touch us today, O God. Touch us, deliver us, sanctify us, and set us free, God, from all the things that we think, do, or have been doing, O God. For you are our deliverer, and we need you, God. We need you to reclaim the backslider, God. For the backslider to come back in, in the name of Jesus, everything that's in their heart of God, pull on their heartstrings of God to let them know that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you because you're an awesome God. Oh, there's none like you. Oh, there's none like you in all the earth. And we give you the honor and the glory, and the praise, oh God. We lift you up, God. We magnify your name, oh God, because you are God, and beside you, there is none other. And God, we ask him that you turn our minds, God, and turn my mind, oh God, that I may just see you, God, and no one else. Oh God, no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say, God, you are God, and beside you, there is none other. Oh, I put my trust in you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust you because your report comes back, and everything is well. I trust you, God, with the lives of our apostles. I trust you, God, with the life of our first lady. I trust you, God, with the life of the first family, oh God. I trust you with the life of Calvin. I trust you with the life of some of the others, God, that I know about, that you know about. And I trust you. I trust you for bringing this thing forth, God, because I know that you are prayer-hearing, God. I know it for myself. Oh, I know that you will get in and you will turn everything right. And I thank you for that, oh, God. Oh, I thank you for that. Because you are so mindful of your people, God. Oh, you don't let us down. You've never let us down. You said, God, in your word, you've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. And God, while I'm down here on my knees, I just remember the words of Mother Curtis, oh God, how she prayed and prayed for a man of God to come to us. And God, you told her you was getting ready, this little boy in Texas. And we thank you for that little boy in Texas, God, that has become an awesome man of God. And we thank you for that, God. So we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have brought him back out again, oh God, and you're going to bring him back to us. And he's going to be so awesome, more awesome than what he was, oh God, because we know that you're dealing with him. We know that you just gave him rest so that you can deal with him more 
that you can bring forth his gifts more. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for that. Oh, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done for Mark Wilson's grandson, oh God. We thank you for how you turn things around. And we glorify you for that, oh God. Oh, you are a mind-hearing praying God, and we thank you. Oh, your holiness is above all things, oh God. And we thank you for holiness. We thank you for holiness, for without no man shall see your face. And God, and I thank you. Oh, I thank you for righteousness, God, for who you are. For how you're calling us to righteousness and holiness, oh God. Oh, I thank you. Because you are awesome. You're not asking much of us, God. You don't require much. Oh, that we just love you and praise you. And we just lift your name up to you in prayer and praise. And you'll come by and see about it. And I thank you for being that kind of God to us, oh God. Oh, you're so worthy. You're so worthy. You're so worthy. You're an awesome God. You're so holy. You're so holy, God. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for those who are sick, oh God. And I thank you for touching them, God. I thank you for touching Pastor Monica, oh God. Touch her body, oh God. Deliver her, Jesus, from where she stands at this point in place, oh God. Deliver her mother, God, who's going through something else. Deliver them, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. We just thank you, God. Go America, we need you. We need you to turn things around for America, oh God. Lord, turn things around. For whatever your plan may be, God, turn it around, oh God. We know that, God, you can just speak a word. And the coronavirus will be gone. That COVID-19 will be gone. That mutation that keeps on mutating will be gone, oh God. But America must pray. Oh, and we thank you, God. We just thank you, God. Oh, God, yes, Lord. All is well, and I thank you for that, God. I thank you for moving for the speaker who's coming to speak today, oh God, that you cover them with your blood, the blood that gives life, the blood that runs warm, the blood that delivers, the blood that sanctifies, the blood that has righteousness and holiness in it, oh God. Pour it down on them, oh God. Oh God, that your word may be spoken. And be spoken in truth, oh God. And we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For you are so good and so kind and so mindful, oh God. We thank you for your report coming back, God. For those that are sick, like Apostle Dwight, 
that you, God, have sent back a report that he is okay. And we thank you because we prayed and prayed for him, oh God, and we thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are so awesome, oh God. You are so holy, so righteous, so wonderful to your people. Oh, God, touch the minds of those, God, that are wavering about who you are. Show them yourself, oh, God. Show them, God, that they can live holy before you, oh, God. That there's no distractions that's big enough that will keep them away from you, God. Because you're bigger than anything in this world. You made it. And you are all knowing, all seeing. And this is not the word, but you are all caring. You are so caring, so loving. Oh, God, you move on our hearts. And you move to let us know that you love us no matter what. No matter what place we find ourselves in deliverance, oh, God. But we thank you. No matter what's going on in the world, oh God, no matter what's going on in the politics, oh God, and who's praying for who and who's standing for who, God, you are an awesome God. You are an awesome God. And we thank you for that. Oh God, you alone, you alone are all that we need. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in Texas, oh God. I thank you for what you're doing in Puerto Rico, oh God. Thank you for what you're doing in Louisiana, oh God. Move for those people, oh God. Move for them, God. Give them homes that have been made brand new, oh God, for them losing their homes. And what you're doing for the homeless, oh God. Oh God, allow us to build homes for the homeless, oh God. Allow us to feed the homeless, oh God. And Open doors, God, for them. Open doors for them, oh God. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing for Franklin L. Barnes III. Thank you, God, for delivering him from prison, oh God. And I thank you. I don't know the young man, God, but you do. He's just a young boy. But thank you for delivering him and setting his life right. He may be guilty, he may not be guilty, but I know that you can change his life, oh God. I know you can make something out of him. And God, thank you for sending people into the youth prisons, oh God, to change their minds and their hearts, oh God. Oh God, the the young people can be rehabilitated, oh God. And I thank you. I thank you for moving forward, God. I thank you for opening doors for them, God. Because you are so good. You are so great. And I just thank you. Because there's none like you, Lord. There's none like you, Lord. None like you in all the earth. Oh, you are everything above the earth. You are everything below the earth. You are everything in the earth, oh God. Because you made it. You made all the animals, oh God. 
You made everything. You gave men the mind to create these things, oh God. Even though the mind goes astray, you are everything to us, oh God. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you once again. Thank you for being so mindful to be able to call on me, God. To say, Robin, come. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I thank you for that, God. I thank you because I have not always been faithful. But you kept pulling on my heart, oh God. So I know that you're pulling on the hearts of your people, oh God. And God, if I miss anyone praying for, forgive me, God. But touch Calvin. Touch Calvin right now in the name of Jesus. Touching God. We are sending prayers towards him, God. And we know besides besides the shadow of a doubt that he is fine and he will be fine. And I thank you for that confidence and faith in you, oh God. Because you're good. You're so good to your people. Because if we just lift that person up, God, we thank you for moving forward. We thank you, God. We thank you for bringing him through in this on Monday, oh God, just like you did on the first day, God. Thank you for easing the pain, oh God. Oh God, thank you for lifting him up and making him the man of God that you're calling for him to be, oh God. Oh, and I thank you, God. I thank you for that report because when he comes out, God, he will be a man of God. Oh, and we glorify you for that, oh God. Oh, and I thank you for what you're doing, God. I thank you for moving. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God. For there is none like you in all the earth. Oh, you're so awesome. You're so wonderful. You're so good and kind and loving, oh God. Oh, I thank you for grace and mercy that finds us every day, oh God. That is renewed daily, God, and I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you for watching over Christian while he is away, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. You are so good. Amen and amen. Thank you, Sister Robin. Thank you, Sister Robin, for that prayer. And let's continue in that vein. We go beyond the veil. Heavenly Father, in the name of your dear Son, Yeshua, Jesus the Christ, we come to you this moment thanking you once again for your loving grace and your tender mercies. For it is by your grace, Lord, that we are saved and by your mercy that we are not consumed. But before I ask for your hand and blessings, I ask that you forgive me for my sins of commission as well as my sins of omission, for my sins are ever before me. And even when I'm at my best, in your eyes, my righteousness is as filthy rags. Yet I am grateful that you have made me the righteousness and joined heir with Christ through the shedding of his blood. For without the shedding of his blood, there is no remission of sins. And he did it once, and he did it once and for all of mankind. When he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat so that we would have the right to the tree of life, 
Father, you said where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you would be in the midst. We ask corporately and collectively that you would extend your divine healing hand to both Apostle and First Lady books as we touch and agree. For healing is the children's bread. As we trust that you are moving by your spirit even as we speak. And now, Father, I ask that you would increase in me as I decrease. Use my tongue as a two-edged sword and like a hammer that breaks the rocks into bits and pieces. Use your word to pierce and divide asunder any high thing that would dare to exalt itself, its knowledge against your eternal word. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer is my prayer. Amen and amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ, both near and far. I bring you tidings of joy, the good news of the gospel. For this is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Once again, my name is Pastor Lawrence Mack, and I am a servant under the leadership and tutelage of both Chief Apostle Keith J. Brooks and First Lady Yvette Brooks. And yes, I am my brother's keeper. Simple reminder that Jesus said in the book of Matthew 10 and 34, do not think that I come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. In other words, his message wasn't for those having itching ears because the Lord chastises those whom he loves. Like the apostle Paul said on Mars here, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not bringing to you a new gospel, but I'm going to preach to you from the inscription that you already have to the unknown God. I won't add to the word, neither will I take away from it. I won't teach a doctrine that I learned from man, but I will teach you line upon line and precept upon precept. As we'll allow God to be the truth and every man a liar, you may have to unlearn some things that you thought you knew. Nevertheless, the scripture is designed and designed and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, you may want to take notes to follow along to go back and cross-reference what will be said today. The title of my message today is, Does Anyone Object to This Marriage? Speak now or forever hold your peace. The New Living Translation in Genesis 2 and 18 reads, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. We understand that Proverbs 18 and 22 says, Whoever finds a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. However, Adam didn't have to search or go looking for a wife because she came out of his side, not to walk in front of him, not to walk in back of him, but on the side of him. And the two of them shall become one flesh. It is not only imperative, but it is my God-ordained responsibility to actually paint this portrait, model, blueprint, or vision that the Lord had in mind when he ordained marriages. Marriages are falling apart because they don't follow the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. 
by the time the Lord is through speaking, if you if your concept of marriage is still convoluted, then trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and not leaning to your own understanding is not the route that you choose. Understand the wisdom of God. For Proverbs 21 and 2 says, Every way of a man or woman is right in their own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Why the heart, Lord? Because Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, you see, our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, let's, he that have an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 1 Corinthians 7 and 1, I'm reading from the NIV version. Now, for the matters that I wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer and fasting. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The NIV version, uh, Hebrews 13 and 4 reads, Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure, for God will He will God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Listen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, when we know better, we are supposed to do better. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God is saying that He ordained marriages between a man and a woman. He initials this by and puts his stamp of approval on marriage when he says that, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. That means men, no side pieces, no jump offs, no tricks, because tricks are for kids. Ladies, that means no ballers, no shot callers, and no player players. There's a saying that Rome wasn't built in a day, so hold on because I have to build this covenant where it is foolproof. 1 Corinthians 3 and 16 says, Know ye not uh, that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells within you? Skip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 14, so I can add to the puzzle this line upon line and precept upon precept. The Bible reads, Don't be equally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial, the devil? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? I'm telling you, take notes. Follow me here. Ephesians 5 and 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. 
Allow me to pause here temporarily. Wise, you heard the word submit, and we'll hear it again. You've heard that your husband is your head, and the very last thing you heard was, wives, submit to your husbands in everything. I know it's tight, but it's right. Why is that? Because 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all Scripture, not some, but all Scripture, not just a select few, but all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is why we are instructed to allow the word of God to be true and every man or woman, a boy or girl, a liar. Reason being is because Satan's job is to kill, steal, and to destroy the sanctity of holy matrimony. Second Corinthians 2 and 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of you, for we are not ignorant of his devices, his schemes, his plans, or his tricks. I, I haven't allowed men to escape the commandments of God because Jesus plainly says this in John 14 and 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Here's the continuation of the Lord's commandments in Ephesians 5 and 24. I'm going back. Husband, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man has ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. So then men are commanded by God to love their wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave his life for him. For no greater love that a man can have than a man to lay down his life for a friend. A wife is more than a friend. She's a companion, your confident, confidant, and your lover. God united her with man so that the two of them would be a team. And we should know by now that teamwork makes the dream work. Make no mistake about it. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. First Peter 3 and 1. I'm reiterating points here. So faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Likewise, ye wise, be in subjection to your own husbands. Pay, pay close attention to what comes next. That if any husband obey not the word, that he may also without the word be won by the conversation of the wise, coupled with fear whose adorning, let it not be with the outward adorning or plaiting of the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women who also trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, well with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 
You see, married people of God, the Lord is not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get his blessings to you. I'd be foolish to believe that everyone under the sound of my voice is in agreement with this word because I fully understand because Romans in 8, beginning in verse 5, makes it plain. The Bible says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is the enemy of God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. One more passage so I can put the roof on this house. The Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse uh, 9 through 11, and then we'll skip over to verse 14. Verse 9 reads, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. For what man knoweth the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of God, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Simply put, our minds have to be transformed, transformed by the renewing of our minds in order to comprehend and obey the commandments of God. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in all your getting, Get an understanding. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I realize that I'm giving you a lot of information, but you're going to have to go back and study this yourself to show yourself to prove unto God. Is there anyone attending this marriage ceremony objecting to the vows of this man and wife? Speak now or forever hold your peace. The Father in his omniscience, heard the heart of Adam, as Psalms 139 and 4 says from the NIV, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. He goes deeper when the writer declared that you know my sitting down and when I rise up, for you understand my thoughts afar off. This is why the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, can go say to the church at Philippi, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. Matthew 6, 7, and 8. Jesus says it like this, but when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard through their much speaking. For your Father knows the things that you have need of even before you ask. I'm still on marriage as I walk you on this journey. John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God is concerned about the whole man. And how do I prosper and be in good health, even as my soul, my inner man, is prospering? Here's a key. Peter, but 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added, added unto you. What things are these, Lord? No good thing will I withhold from them that walk up, upright. So tell me about this good thing because my inquiry mind wants to know. Proverbs 18 and 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain a favor of the Lord. Since God already knows our thoughts are far off as well as knowing the things that we have need of, not only does he order the steps of the righteous, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So God performs the first wedding ceremony in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2 and 24, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, his parents' house. A grown man who desires a wife shouldn't be living in the basement of his parents' home and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Then wisdom speaks to the man and tells him in Proverbs 5 and 18, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Does anyone still object to this marriage? You can speak now or forever hold your peace. Go to the top of page. First Peter 5 and 8 instructs the believer to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walked about seeking whom he may devour. Satan hates the sanctity of marriage because he knows the value and high esteem that the Lord places on his consecrated union and or covenant. This is why the Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning at verse 1, Now concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me, it is good for to touch a woman. Touching stirs up feelings emotions. Hello, somebody. Say amen or ouch. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And we've went over that. It, this is where extramarital, extramarital affairs occur when one partner uses the body as a means of control or to manipulate the other. The withholding party will cause the other to commit adultery because you refuse to render due benevolence. Remember, your body belongs to your spouse, for the two of you have now become one. Amen. Hold on, saints. I'm not through. Not through. Stay with me as I paint this masterpiece for you that even Michelangelo would envy. Allow me to reiterate the 25th verse of... Uh, Ephesians, again, husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it, cleanse it with the washing of the water. We need to look past controlling our, our partners by using our bodies as a weapon because that is not the will of God. Again, Wives, you want to, you want the blessings of God to overtake you, in which you won't have room enough to receive it. Then those of you that has an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Again, the blessings of the Lord will make you rich, and He adds no sorrow to it. First Samuel, fifteen and twenty-three says, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as wickedness as idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He will also reject you." I know sometimes we don't quite uh, hear clearly the first time, but we all agree that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to show 
you wives, how submission to your husband will cause the Lord to look upon you the way he looked upon the Virgin Mary. When Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, declared that Mary was blessed among all women as blessed was the fruit of her womb. Ladies, here are some keys to the kingdom, and it's yours for the taking. 1 Corinthians 7, and the, uh, the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise were your children unclean, but now they are holy. However, if the unbeliever departs, let them depart. A brother or sister is no longer bound in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Jump back over to First Peter chapter 2. But before I go there, let me read this to you, and I'll double back to First Peter uh, chapter 2. Hebrews 5 and 14 says, But strong meat belongs to those that are mature, even those who by reason of youth have their senses exercises to discern both good and evil. In fact, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need that someone teach you again the first principles or oracles of God, and you have become such as need of milk and not of strong meat. Say this in your sanctified mind, that ain't nobody mad but the devil. And I understand that because Romans 8, 6, and 8 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Take the baton, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 takes the baton and says, but the person without the spirit of God receives not the things of God because they are foolishness unto him, neither indeed can he understand them because they are spiritually discerned. It is no mystery why Jesus told Nicodemus that he must be born again of the spirit. Reason being is because King Solomon said in Proverbs 21 and 2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth his heart. Let us go back to 1 Peter 3 and 2 to complete revealing how God is giving wives the master key so you won't be confused. And I'll start it uh, again at verse 1 when he said, why submit yourself to your own husbands? This submission thing has, has become a problem in the church. It's not a, it's not a word to, to make you feel up underneath because when Satan deceived the woman in the Garden of Eden, God came back, and because he's a God of decency and order, he put things back in order. Hold on. We, I've laid the foundation for earthly marriages, as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 46. Howbeit, that was not the first which was, that which was first was not spiritual, but that which, which was natural. Then after that, which is spiritual, referring back to the title of this message, does anyone object to uh, this marriage speak now forever hold your peace? I'm speaking figuratively, so please hold your questions until the spirit is done speaking. There's a purpose as to why I drew a parallel from the natural marriage to the bride of Christ to prove how the thief comes not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. Prayerfully, it'll all come together and you'll understand it all by and by. Chronologically speaking, Genesis means the beginning and the origin of something. Obviously, Revelations is the apex or conclusion of the hidden mysteries of the Bible. 
Nevertheless, that old dragon, Lucifer, was expelled from heaven prior to Genesis. So stay with me. In the dateless past before the creation of man, the Godhead, the Godhead held a council meeting. The word of God, meaning Jesus, tells the Father, I am reading from the Good News Translation. For this reason, when Christ was about to come into the world, he says to the Father, sacrifice and offerings uh, is not what you desire, but you have prepared me a body. Then Jesus said, here I am to do your will, O God, just as it is written in the book of the law. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Revelations 12 and 4 continues this explosion. And his tail, that old dragon, Satan drew a third part of the stars of heaven, fallen angels, and did cast them to the earth. The book of Jude informs us that the angels, the stars of heaven, which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, paradise, God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of that great day. Now let us rewind and go back to the Garden of Eden, Eden and tie this all together. 2 Corinthians 11 and 14 explains how the enemy of our souls, whom Jesus declared the father or originator of lies, deceived Eve. And no marvel, for Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, as Isaiah chapter 14 will substantiate this truth. Just hold on. Is there anyone in the audience who objects to these two being lawfully wedded? Speak now, forever hold your peace. I do. You, in that snakeskin suit, and your name is, sir, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help you, God? Well, your majesty, that's literally impossible because I'm a murderer, and I've never abided in the truth. Nevertheless, your majesty, uh, my birth name was Lucifer, but because I have multiple personalities, I'm known as Satan, the devil, the adversary, Beelzebub, the old dragon, some consider me as a roaring lion, but I'm currently going by the serpent, as you can tell by the snakeskin suit I'm rocking. But what reason do you object to this sacred union? I'm sure you've read where I said, therefore, uh, what the Lord has joined together, let no man put asunder. True, I've read that scripture, and because you can't lie, the truth makes me free. Because I'm not a man, and since you've asked it because you created man in your own image and gave him dominion over the works of your hand, after all, you said that you created him a little lower than the angels for the time being, something us angels desire to look into. Now, Your Highness, allow me to ask you a question. What is man that you are so mindful of him, the son of man that you would visit him? As an uninvited guest, your presence proves that as a thief, you've come but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Is there anything else that you would like to say, sir, with the uh, many aliases? In fact, there is. I will ascend into the heavens, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Go with me to the book of Ezekiel as I finish this scripture, as I finish this lesson, beginning in verse 11. And let's hear the Most High's response. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up the lamentation of the king of Tyrus and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God, You seal us up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. 
You have been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, the workmanship of your tablets and of your pipes was prepared in you in the day that you were created. You are the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set you so. You was on, upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You was perfect in your ways until iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. This is where Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven, and I will lay you before the kings that they will behold you. You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. By the iniquity of your tra traffic, therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee, the ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. And all them that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror, and never shall you be no more. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Satan's pride went before his destruction, and his haughtiness, his arrogance, before his spirit fell. From the curse in the garden, the serpent has devised every scheme to prevent the coming of the Lord. His, he first tried uh, the sons of God, angels, when they slept with women and created a giant race we know as the Philistines or the Nephtilians. He then proceeded to attempt uh, to abort the Savior through the order of King Herod, who slew all the baby boys two years and under. But God warned Joseph in a dream as he took the child Jesus and his wife Mary and fled to Egypt. Before he began his ministry, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. When he had completed his fast, he was confronted by the devil in the wilderness. Three times Satan tempted the Lord to bow down and worship him, only to be rebuked and told, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And the Bible says that he departed from him for a season. Satan knows that he has but a short time to take as many people to hell with him. However, the Bible says that hell was not prepared for mankind, but for Satan and his angels. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days, some will depart from the faith in Christ, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. How can this happen? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, But if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Be it known that judgment will begin in the house of God. And if the righteous scarcely make it in, where shall the sinner man stand? Jesus is coming back for a church without a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing. And because sin will abound, grace did much more abound. God said that he would cut the days short. In other, other word, otherwise, the very elect would be deceived. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
for he is married to the backslider, and he is coming back for his bride. In closing, 1 Corinthians 2, 7, and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Colossians 2 and 15. And having swore principalities and powers, he made an open show of them, triumphing over them in it. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And Jesus came and spake in them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I have shared, Lord, what you have impressed upon my heart. God, you said what you have put together, let no man put asunder. Marriage is a sacred union that you use as a mystery that you, Christ, and the Holy Spirit are one. It is your desire and your will that man and woman come together as one in heart and desire and purpose. So, God, we rebuke every foul spirit that comes against marriages, not just against natural marriages, but comes against the bride of Christ, Lord, that tries to keep us from communion with you. God, I thank you, Lord, and I praise you and I magnify you, Lord, for what you're doing in the body of Christ throughout this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen and amen. Are there any questions? Hello. That that was awesome. And uh, to, to some on the line, I know there's probably information overload with all the scriptures and everything, you know, but, you know, our time is limited on here. But I hope that everyone took some notes because um, we need to apply a lot of this stuff into our lives. I mean, you can go back and – and if you took your notes, go back and, and, and read, you know, some of the scriptures, you know, that he, he gave to us. And maybe this will, you know, help quicken your spirit and help you to understand, you know, a lot of things about what's going on in your life and your relationship. And so, um, yeah, man, this, this is an awesome message. And a lot of people need to hear this because so many marriages are falling by the wayside because of infidelity and people just not understanding and not taking the time to work on their relationship. So uh, God, he, he, he put the blueprint there uh, for us and, and in our relationships on how we should be in a relationship. And so uh, I please hope that whoever's listening is not taking this that, you know, man is supposed to dominate woman or woman is supposed to dominate man. No, God put us here. And just like you said, teamwork makes the dream work. I like that one. That was a good one because when God puts a man and a woman together, you know, now you are a team. And, yes, the man is the head of the household. Doesn't mean, you know, you got to, you know, rule with an iron fist or anything. But, you know, this is just how God uh, ordained it, and this is how we should do and work together as a team to make our lives better and the ones around us. And we are to, you know, to become an example, so to speak, for others that are coming up. Because if they see you as a couple going through the things that you go through, and how you can overcome them, then this may help them to overcome things in their relationship and help them to show others, hey, this is how it is. He put us here to teach each other. 
The book is there. All you got to do is read it. And then if you want to understand it, you you can understand it. You just have to read it. If you don't understand something, ask questions because it's all right there in front of us. Great message, sir. Great message. Thank you. Thank you, man of God. Anyone else have a question? Pastor Lawrence, this is Lady yes. Brooks. Um, yes, thank you so much for that um, lesson. Um, thank you for the sermon. Appreciate a great word, great scripture, a lot of information, but it is deep. Um, I do um, like to make an announcement while I'm on the phone. I need to meet with all prayer warriors and all study school and minister, ministers at 12 o'clock at the church today. I know it's short notice, but I do need with those individuals, um, prayer warriors, all prayer warriors, all ministers, and all Sunday school teachers at 12 o'clock at the church today. Okay. Amen. Um, God bless Amen. you. Um, we love you. Um, again, just keep listening to Apostle in prayer. Um, thank you. Amen, First Lady. Anybody else have any thoughts, questions? If not, beautiful message. Oh. I don't have a question, but I would like to say I like the delivery of the message that came out today and the freshness of it and the way you made it plain to understand. God bless you and keep up God's work. Thank you. Thank you, man of God. I appreciate you. Keep praying for us and so God will have his way in our lives. If there is no, if no one else has any other questions, I will give us a benediction. Are there any other questions, thoughts, concerns? Again, I love the message. Beautiful work. Praise God. To God be the glory. Let us pray. Give a benediction now to him that is able to keep you from falling. and present you fathers before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God be glory, majesty, power, dominion, now henceforth and forevermore. All of the God all of the people of God says in their heart, Amen and Amen. God bless you. See you all at twelve o'clock. Amen. Please make sure day. you send your tithes and offerings. Amen. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.